Hey, everybody, this is Mario Van Peebles. I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. I got a new show coming out Friday night, Sci-Fi, 10 p.m. Check it out. Listen to this interview. Let's have some fun. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. So glad you could join me for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is episode 477 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with the guests from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, Mario Van Peebles is going to be joining us, of course, uh, New Jack City, and also uh, all sorts of TV shows and movies he's done over the years. And he's got a new TV show out on sci-fi called Superstition. You don't want to miss it. Mario Van Peebles coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. And we have all kinds of things coming your way as far as remakes and everything else. Let's get right into it. It's time now for Remake Madness on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, the long and ongoing remake of The Crow, is finally seeing some light. Jason Momoa will star, and production will be starting in January. And Disney's remake of Pinocchio has lost its director, Sam Mendes, who was at the helm of it. Who are they going to get now? We'll find out as soon as we know. We'll let you know. And a remake of What Women Want is moving along, but this time... It will be reversed, and it will be What Men Want. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, Quentin Tarantino is working on a movie about the Sharon Tate murder in 1960s, and Steve Gutenberg, Cloris Leachman, Bruce Dern, and Kevin Pollack will all be starring in Les Bomb, and the movie is in post-production right now. And let's see, Matthew McConaughey will star in The Beach Bum in 2018. It's about a rebellious stoner. It's comedy, of course. And that's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen and Beyond. Taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX is The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Sequel City Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation will hit theaters on July 13th, 2018. The Incredibles 2, eh, they're hitting the theaters in June, June 15th, 2018. And Fantastic Beasts 2 will arrive in theaters on November 16th, 2018. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on Screen and Beyond, we are going to be taking a look at what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD.
TV on DVD, December 1st, Longstreet, the complete series with James Franciscus will be arriving on DVD, and the show's from 1971. And on January 30th, Ray Donovan, Season 5, will be landing on DVD. And February 6th, it looks like Duckman, the complete series, will hit stores on DVD. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? Movies on DVD. Well, it looks like on June 2nd, No Solicitors, starring Eric Roberts, past guest here at On Screen and Beyond, will arrive on DVD in digital format. The film is a campy horror thriller. Steve Carell and Emma Stone will be starring in Battle of the Sexes on digital. That comes out on December 19th and on Blu-ray and DVD on January 2nd. And The Mountain Between Us makes its way to stores on December 26th on Blu-ray, 4K, DVD, and VOD. That's it for Movies on DVD next on On Screen and Beyond. It's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, January 26th, a new Greatest Hits album featuring Chuck Berry's all-time greatest hits will be coming our way. It's called The Great 28 Standard Black Vinyl, but if you cannot wait, on December 15th, you can get The Great 28 Super Deluxe Edition, and it's a limited chess blue vinyl box set. A lot of good songs on there. And Nashville has been canceled once again. CMT has uh, said that uh, after season six, that's it. And sadly, Earl Hyman, who played Grandpa Huxtable on The Cosby Show, has died at the age of 91. That's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's Celebrity Birthdays. Celebrity birthdays, November 20th, Bo Derek turns 61, Joe Walsh turns 70, November 21st, Goldie Hawn turns 72, November 22nd, Jamie Lee Curtis turns 59, on November 23rd, it is Miley Cyrus turning 25, November 24th, it's uh, Catherine Heigl, she's turning 39, and on November 25th, it looks like Christina Applegate will be 46. And on November 26th, Tina Turner turns 78 years old. And as far as listener birthdays, we didn't have any coming our way. But if you, a friend or a relative, are going to be having a birthday, be sure to send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And we will all be wishing you a very happy birthday along with our celebrities. And that's it. That's it for celebrity birthdays and listener birthdays. Next on Orange Screen and Beyond, Mario Van Peebles is going to be joining us. His new show, Superstition, is on the Sci-Fi Channel, and he's going to tell us all about it. Mario Van Peebles, he's coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, our guest is an actor, writer, director, and producer who we have seen so many times on screen and behind the screen. 
and on many TV shows and movies over the years, including Bloodline, Empire, Roots, Lost, Damages, New Jack City, Once Upon a Time, The Last Ship, All My Children, 21 Jump Street, and on and on and on. His latest show is Superstition, Friday nights at 10 p.m. on Sci-Fi. It's Mario Van Peebles. Mario, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thanks for having me, my friend. Now, Mario, (laughs) you just keep coming up with more great shows, uh, directing them, being in them, and now you got superstition. Do you ever stop? <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm a curious guy, and I always felt like that you, the more you live, the more you have life to put in your work. And this show really allows me to bring all this sort of my crazy tapestry of experience to bear in one character. I play in superstition. I play the, uh, it's about a family who owns a mortuary. And so they they deal with the dead and they also deal with, as we find out the undead and the patriarch of the family, myself, Isaac Hastings is 778 years old. And, uh, I thought, okay, this is, I've never gotten to play that before. <laughs> and, um, so when we sort of created the character, I felt like he was someone that could, you know, bring all the experiences I've had and more to it. You know, I've trekked through Nepal and traveled through India and Africa and been all over the planet and um, was born in Mexico. And, you know, just my I'm multi-culty, my own family tree is we've got everybody in our tree, so we've got to love everybody. So I feel like I've got a lot of experience that I can that I can enjoy with this character. And it's the first time I've ever done that. Mm-hmm. And it's I haven't really gotten to dabble in the sort of horror thriller space since my first paying job as a storyteller. And my first paying job was to Megan Van Peebles, my younger sister, who used to pay me a nickel uh, story. And I would tell her stories and then I got, they got a little spooky sometimes and that should make me pull them back. But that was my first paying gig. And I realized that I had a knack for not only scaring her, but myself. <laughs> and, I, and since then, I said, man, I always wanted to, to do that and have fun with that. And I, and I thought, what an interesting time to be doing a story about a family that, in some ways, it's like what we, we sort of the model for them was what would the Obamas be like when the cameras were off? They're no longer in office and they're dealing with the dark forces outside and how they would handle it and what would happen and what would be the problems that they'd have to overcome as a family. And, and uh, so that sort of, you know, is was, was one of the things we thought about. Hmm. Yeah. So now, d- did you create the show? I'm, I can take partial credit, but mm-hmm. not all of it. Yeah. It's a, it's a team effort. Um, Joel Thompson, uh, you know, is someone we, we, uh, we brought in the mix. who's a writer, creator, and then Barry Gordon and some of the guys at sci-fi. And so it was a team effort. We all sort of, we were looking at these different shows and saying there's nothing like superstition on the air. And, you know, we have, we have people and characters that you just traditionally don't see in this, in this, you know, horror sci-fi space. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a kick, man. It's a, it's a, it's a fast paced, surprising show with a lot of of layers. Uh, My character, Isaac turns out to be, immortal who you know and he was and he was sort of crowned immortal by both the templars and the moors which is a, is, is obviously a tricky alliance to form mm-hmm. um, and part of what he's 
tasked with doing is keeping the balance between the infernals and the humans. Although, as we find out in episode one of Superstition, as the as humans, you know, inflict more irreparable damage on the planet, um, the infernals are coming through more and more, and they're coming in, in, they're more powerful than ever because they have to put us in check. And so the whole notion of who's a bad guy becomes a little tricky when it's your species that's doing the most damage to the planet. It's not the birds and the bees or the sharks or the bears or the lions. Mm -hmm. It's us human beings that are, you know, you know, killing up the planet. And so it's an interesting thing because depending on what lens you look through, we are in fact the bad guys. So it's a tricky, it's a tricky endeavor for poor, poor old Isaac. Uh, even with his 70 and 78 years of, of wisdom, he's got a, He's got to do a lot of figuring out, and and uh, and so it's a, it's a, it's a fun and challenging show. Yeah, yeah, it, it, the concept is great, and and I've been able to watch one of the episodes, uh, the one of the uh, previews that they sent us, and uh, it, uh, it's it's it puts a little chill up your back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the thing about America is, you know, it, it, America is this sort of relatively young experiment. Um, the, the melting pot of America, the notion that you take, you know, Chinese immigrants and Italians and Jews and Africans and uh, Irish and, you know, and you put us all in this melting pot and you give us this idea that we can, there's the American dream that we can, you can build yourself up in this country. And of course you get sparks and conflict, but you also get great art and great music and great film and mm -hmm. and great rich folklore because every one of these groups brings with them their own sort of folklore from the old country and it adapts and morphs and becomes all of what we know is sort of the American sort of gothic background that is the South. Mm -hmm. And so it makes you think of New Orleans with the French and the quarter and the Spaniards, Spaniards that were right. there and the the Creole influence and the Native American influence and all these different beliefs and religions and superstitions. And it's really, really rich, fertile ground. And here we are. Yeah. yeah. So you're writing some of the episodes yourself too. I mean, you're, you're doing, yeah. you've got so many hats. You're directing, producing, yeah. writing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's exciting. And look, I get paid to do what I used to get in trouble for as a kid. My, you know, my mom would say, Mario, get your ass in here. Quit playing around with the other kids on the block. Well, now, guess what, Ma and Dad? I, I get to play with the other kids on the block. And <laughs> and you want to, you know, it, it's fun when you can, you know, play with people and work with people you enjoy, but bring something fresh that you enjoy saying mm -hmm. to, to, to television. We're going through sort of a golden age of television where you can get things on the air now that we used to be able to do as an independent film. Right. But now you can actually do it, you know, on, uh, you know, on television. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm doing a lot on it, but, oh, well, you know, I'll rest when I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> now, now who influenced you to get into the, was it your father or, or, you know, what, what, oh, it, it, it feels, you know, that's an interesting question. I have brothers and sisters who are not in this business. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my dad, my dad once said to me, maybe it's the mother that shows you the mountain and the father that teaches you how to climb it. And I think it really was my mother that took me around to theater. And, you know, we, we traveled quite a bit when I was a kid. So we lived a little bit in, in uh, France and Amsterdam. And we traveled even through Morocco and Denmark. And so I had seen a little bit of the world already and was sort of already a weird kid when by the time we got to America. 
and and I sort of found uh, myself drawn to theater. And my mother was taking me to plays, and so she would really work with me to do that. And anyway, my dad had said, "Maybe it's the mother that shows you the mountain, the father that teaches you how to climb it." I, I I have to credit her with showing me or allowing me to be the creative kid I was and still am. And my dad, I have to credit him with showing me how to climb it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, whereas he couldn't teach you to play basketball, he could give you an idea of how to own the team. Right. And that's been super helpful, yeah. you know, so that I can get in there as a producer and make my indie films. I did, you know, Badass in 04, which got Ebert Roper's Best Movie of the Year. Right. Best Screenplay, Best Director nomination, Best Screenplay nomination. And then I just finished a film called Armed, which will be out next year, which is going to be, you know, no doubt pretty controversial. And it's about, I, I, in it, I play, it's me and Bill Fickner and Ryan Guzman. And my character is this good guy with a gun. They always say, nothing stops a bad guy with a gun like a good guy with a gun. Well, I play a good guy with a gun. In fact, he's got multiple guns. But he does have a little bit of a skewed perspective. And that is problematic. And it's based on real stories. And it's a trip. Hmm. <laughs> so I do, you know, I go off because I learned how to, you know, as my dad said, sort of figure out the, the business side of show business. I'm able to. You know, when I'm, you know, when I have the nerve or when I just go, no one else is going to make this but me, I'll go off and make it myself. Mm-hmm. And that's that's fun because it puts you in this sort of put up or shut up mindset that, you know, that some people watch things happen. Some people complain about things that happen. And I like to think we're the kind of Van people's family go out and make things happen. Yeah. And so I learned a lot from my dad, but I do have brothers and sisters, like I said, who aren't in the business, but they have a good work ethic because. Mm-hmm. You know, my whether you go into the, the family business or not, you will get a sense of work ethic if you work with old man Van Peebles. <laughs> yeah, and and one thing I like about your your shows and movies and everything that you do is it, it's it's not the same thing. You know, and nothing against people who are doing, you know, all comedy or all, all whatever. Um, but I mean, you know, like when when I did the intro, uh, once upon a time. And then the last ship, and then all my children, and uh, right. you, you know, uh, lost, and you know, you just seem to, yeah. you, you try to do everything. <laughs> yeah, and again, with all, all you know, those those are shows that I'll go in. The shows, most of the shows you listed, are shows that I went in on. Like a, I'm a, I'm a really badass substitute teacher, and they'll call me in to <laughs> do a show and to direct it. Like I just directed Bloodline, and they had, you know, I love that um, show. Todd Kessler called me in on that, and I came in and I played a character uh, loosely based in, a, in some ways on, on Sheriff Clark's look, not on who he is, obviously, but the character plays an attorney um, on Bloodline, and I also directed it. So they'll call me in to do something, and, and when I do that, the trick is not to do my thing, but to do their thing. Mm-hmm. It's like I've got to go in there and give them the best version of their show. Yep. that I can. And each and the discipline with that, it's you know, is going in and doing their thing and not just saying, Let me bring what I have in my toolbox, but let me expand the toolbox. So I find that really, really rewarding. When I did Once Upon a Time, they worked we worked in something called the Zoic realm. So that way I'd never done that before. And then when you do Sons of Anarchy, there's a different dynamic there. And right. Yeah. You know, so you're you're constantly expanding. That's so it's like as a as a fighter you stay at fighting weight by being really agile and and you know having uh, 
not getting winded easily, really having great cardio. And I think that helps me as a filmmaker to really have great, you know, expand my skills to be very agile and really go in and do their thing. So when I bring that all that experience to my own project, like Armed, which I'm producing, writing, directing, creating, or uh, in the case of Superstition, which I'm a part of those, or even just when I go off and act for somebody, like I played Malcolm X and Ali, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't direct it, I didn't do the catering, I didn't write it, you know, I just was, I just went in there as an actor. Um, it helps because I find that each one of these disciplines informs the other discipline. Yeah, and it's like being a patient and a doctor. You'd have a, a really um, more informed bedside manner. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Now, now when you're t- you know, like I say, you've done all the things, directing, producing, and, and uh, all of it, and the acting. Uh, now, do you find yourself, when you do just go in to, to do an acting role, uh, do, do you sometimes find yourself biting your tongue because, you know, you're thinking to yourself, well, if we did it this way, we can't, you know? <laughs> you know, here's the thing. Um, once you've done it, and I find the actors that have directed know that it's so much work. You have, you have that T-shirt already. You're not looking to wear it. I always say it's like being a plumber on vacation in Hawaii. The last thing you want to do is look under the sink. Right. On vacation. <laughs> yeah. so no, I'm absolutely the nicest, easiest guy. I don't want, I, you just tell me where to be, and, and, and I'm happy to do whatever level they want. Mm-hmm. If something goes horribly wrong and they want to ask me some questions, they can. But if you know anything about filmmaking, it's very tricky. Notes are one thing. Solutions are another. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see something that's going wrong, but the solution to it, you know, that's a whole tricky, that's a trickier game because you have to understand the character payoff and how setup, you know, can affect the payoff. So you can pull a thread in the first part that'll affect the thread in the latter part. So I'm very, very hesitant to play play doctor. Mm-hmm. And if I'm, and I'm very happy to sit in my trailer and, and, and complain to my agent, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, when I get to just act, I love it. I, I love just going in and, and acting for other folks. Yeah. Um, and and I and I've had multiple actors who who you know been been directed by me, including my own dad, who are also directors. And I find that they're the the ones that are the bossiest or pushiest or you know want to want to throw their ideas around the most without an understanding of it are people who want to do it and haven't. And it's interesting. It's like people who get run over by cars. More often than not, they're people that don't drive. They're either young or they're, or they're elderly, but they don't drive. People that drive don't get hit by cars as much because you understand the limitations <laughs> of what a vehicle could do. You know? So you don't go running up behind that truck, man. Right. Your headphones <laughs> well, unless you're one of those joggers with the earbuds. But... But, you know, by and large, it's people that don't understand how to drive are most likely to get hit by a car. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same with acting. You know, that people who give you a hard time are the ones that want to direct and then just haven't got to do it yet. And I'm like, go do it a couple times and then come back to me and tell me what you think. Right. <laughs> yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, you mentioned working with your dad. Have you directed your dad yet at all? Oh, yes, Malton. Now, how I've is... directed him more often than he directed me. How he's is that? <laughs> he's cool. You know, he's good. He's, he's, um, he's a little limited in his range, honestly, um, as an actor, but not as a human being. Like, you, if you want Melvin, dude, he can give you some dope Melvin. Mm. Now, my daughter, Morgana, who's playing my... Uh, ironically, playing my granddaughter on Superstition... <laughs> She's got a real range. You know, I can go in there and, and, and give her a note and she can hit it and spin it around and hand it back to me. And she's getting better every day. So that's that's fun. Yeah. You know, my mother always thought she wanted to act. She can't act. You know, so we in my family, we don't we don't um, we don't we don't confuse people uh, that we love for being people that are good at what they think they want to do. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yep. Right. No, I understand. So, so you got to say, okay, my mother may love to act. My dad may love to act. My dad's actually okay as an actor in certain roles. He's really good. I just, you, he's not going to do my left foot anytime soon. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, look, a lot of actors are, you know, every, right. Every, oh yeah. People, I'm not going to, just going to be straight about it. Um, so you, you know, but you, so you, you got to say, okay, this is what they can do. So, in the Van Peebles family, you're, loving you means we're kind of honest, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, dude, work on your, you want to rap, work on your game. You want to act, you know, do, show us you're real. You know what I mean? So it's not, a, it's not a brutal. Like the first script I ever wrote was just a masterpiece until I showed it to my dad and he said, it's a piece of shit. And I said, well, you need, it need work. He said, no, you can't polish a turd. But no, that sounds brutal. But he was the same guy that would help me write the third script which I actually wound up selling. It never got made, but I sold it. Mm-hmm. So, so the same guy that will be little, give you a little tough love over here will actually be there to help you across the line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, so we're like that with the kids and we're, we're like that. And they give me thoughts and notes and, you know, so we're pretty straight up about it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how many episodes? I, I think we're like, the, we're like the Jacksons without all the talent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How many episodes of uh, superstition do you are do you have have they you know given you? Uh, we've shot twelve of them, and we just finished the twelfth, and that's the first season. That's first season, okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully you'll find a second season out of that. And uh, yeah, man. Yeah. One of the things about I have to say about big television, which is a hoot now, is all this live tweeting, and we've been really jumping off the Twitter meter here, which I was never really into and trending really high. Um, and every time the show airs and people seem to be really into it and they have theories about what the black cat means on superstition, <laughs> who's going to be the good guy and when, what this means. And it's a riot, man. It's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. You know, it's, it reminds me, it's like when you go to the theater and it's even actually better because it's less obtrusive. But it's like going to the movie theater with a whole lot of black folks in the hood and they treat the, the art form interactively, whereas often white folks and you know treat it more um, reverentially. So they'll be more like, it's a gallery. Don't make any noise. You know? <laughs> so that's like, don't do that. Oh, hell no. You better not do that. <laughs> so that that obnoxious joker that's like, you know, that you want to shut up at the movie theater. Well, on Twitter, they, 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 they're great comments. They're funny. And you, mm-hmm. you, you can sort of 
watch along with them and it's a blast and superstition allows for all that because we we do it all we we had one episode where there was a guy who was a who was uh, covered in racist ink tattoos that, that you know clearly showed he was a kkk member mm-hmm. and then we had to bury him and this the conversation came up about you know we may not always understand nor respect someone's choices in life but we're going to respect and honor them in death right. yeah and, i saw that regardless one. and 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 it, it's 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 an interesting thing to 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 have a show that can work on a number of levels simultaneously and depending on where the viewer is that's what they see mm-hmm. you know so what the viewer do they just experience the scares and the tension or do they get sort of a you know, uh, other messages as well. And that's, and that's or other thoughts as well and themes as well. And then often people do. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, Mario, I know we have to get going, but uh, I want to finish up with two final questions. Take, yeah. Taking us away from uh, superstition, which everybody should be watching on Friday nights at 10 PM on sci-fi. Yep. Uh, but when you sit back and relax, what are you watching on TV? What's your favorite shows now and of the past? And the second question is, what's your favorite movies now and of the past? Man, good question. It's a, it's a, it's a constant evolution. Often it's brought to me by uh, other members of the family. Right now I am watching season seven of Game of Thrones <laughs> and catching up on that. And, um, you know, very well-crafted show. Um, you know, I watch a lot of films. One of the things I just referencing, and, and those references pay off, you know, and it, um, I was one of the episodes I just did a one Oh six of superstition episode six has bits in it that remind me of, um, soil and green where yeah. at the end you go into that room and you sort of get to choose your color and flashes of, all the beauty that nature had that you may have missed. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a very emotional, remember that emotional ending of Sterling Green? Yeah, so yeah. I'll watch movies like Sterling Green. I'll watch Night of the Living Dead, the mm-hmm. original. Uh, I watched, you know, I, I, I watched, I watched all kinds of films, new films, old films, films people bring to me. Um, and, uh, you know, all kinds of series. So, so, it really, it, there's no one thing. Star Trek was dope. Star Trek had some really good mythology built into it. Um, we talking original? original? Yeah, the original. original. There was the guy that, there was a, the, where they had landed on a planet and they were at war, but everyone was walking around like a, they're out of a Maxfield Parish painting. They're all wearing togas and looking very peaceful. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you find out, no, they, in, the, in the future they do on this planet anyway. They do the war by, you know, the honor bar kind of system. And so that if you're hit in a certain zone and it's done by computer, you have to go get sort of zapped. <laughs> and the Enterprise has landed partly in a war zone, but there's no visible signs of war. And there's a whole debate about is that more brutal than having real war where you destroy infrastructure and babies and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the, the, and then the one episode where there was a guy that was half black and half white chasing the other guy that was half black and half white, mm-hmm. but they were the opposite sides. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was an obvious fun play on, on the isms, classism, sexism, racism. You know, it was obvious, but and, 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 but fun. You know, you went, oh, wow, that's, that's I like that they went there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I always like shows that could, could entertain you, you know, on multiple levels at the same time, do more than one thing. And I think that's what I guess I, I hope we do with, with uh, superstition. Yeah. 
Well, Mario, I, I, I can't say enough uh, to thank you for joining us here and sharing. And it's been a lot of fun. And I uh, hope everybody's going to be watching uh, Superstition on Friday nights at 10 o'clock on Sci-Fi. And I thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, my brother. Thanks for having me on. And a big shout-out going to Mario Van Peebles for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. And a lot of a lot of great movies and TV shows he's been in. And I've had a chance to see Superstition. A lot of people have. It's uh, you know we, we got an early copy, but uh, we were just talking about it now. But Superstition, you don't want to miss it. It's a good show, and it's on Sci-Fi. Check it out, and uh, be sure to check out Mario. Well, that's it. That's a wrap for this week. Uh, if you are going to be on itunes getting this please leave us a review it'll help more people get our uh, show and know about it and also if you want to send me an email or something and just talk or turn around and give me a suggestion for a guest you can send that to feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com and we'll see what we can do about coming up with that person on the show we've got some more guests coming your way in the next couple of weeks uh, i know it's the holiday season everybody's busy and everything and um that's it. That's a wrap for this week. So until next week, when do we once again take you on screen and beyond? I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.